somebody said, sent me a picture of you and said, you know how when you hear a person's voice on the radio and you have an image as to what they look like, Greg Russ fit that image for me. He's exactly what I would have pictured in my mind. Who sent that and what picture did they send? That one where you're like in that blue button up shirt and you're with the long sleeves and you have your arm, your arms are akimbo. It's <laughs> such an old picture at this point. Yeah. But you don't really change <laughs> at all. You always look the same. It's in the parking lot of the 101 Diner in L.A. Oh, that's from L.A. You're so cool being from L.A. They shut that place down. It's a shame. I think it reopened with a different name, but it was a very cool restaurant. You love a dinner. I do, but the diner is dying mm. because millennials don't like diner food. That one across from me is begging for servers and like managers and stuff. I feel bad for them. Well, in general, the restaurant industry is begging for servers, right? Mm, not really. I thought the service industry as a whole, people are above it these days. They think, eh, I'm too good for that kind of job, so not for me. No, I think that would be more like fast food stuff. So maybe that's what you're thinking of. No, I feel like in general, you've got this whole slew of people who, for whatever reason during COVID, reassessed themselves and their worth and overvalued themselves and said, you know what? What I've been doing is absolute shit and I deserve better. What a fucking stupid way to think. And they said, <laughs> I'm not working in retail anymore. I'm not working in service anymore. And if I have to, it's going to be begrudgingly. And if you come in, I'm going to make sure that you know that I hate the fact that you're there. That you're you know, I hear me. a lot about people talking about customer service and how it's really poor these. But I don't know. I have I feel like I've decent interactions. It's like maybe one out of eight interactions I have. Someone's like, mm hmm. Yes. What? No. And like, don't say thank you or have a good day or how are you? You know? Otherwise, I feel like things are pretty chill. I don't know. I don't go out enough. Yeah. And also interact. that stuff about like people not being able to get jobs or um, yeah, a, a lot of that. Uh, and I, this is not a conspiracy. This is like what I've heard from people in a hiring position that it works both ways, like both sides can use the system to continue getting your unemployment or whatever support. You have to just apply to jobs and make appointments and then prove that you have the appointments and then just don't show up to them and that's fine and you'll still get your money. And then the other side, the hiring side, is as long as you say that you're hiring, you can still receive money or at least it was like this for COVID. You could still receive your money from the government. Um, because you're like, we're so, you know, we're so understaffed and no one can work because of, you know, people are afraid and, you know, sickness, whatever. And so all that stuff about like, we're hiring, no one will work. Every, this generation is so lazy. It's like, well, mm -hmm. I don't know how much of that number is tainted with either side of the using. At some point you'd have to sh the prove that you're hiring people though. You can say that I'm trying and nobody uh, wants to take the job, but I think it's known that a hundred percent of the people aren't going to take the job is a lie. So 
I would assume at some point if you're getting funding, you would have to show paperwork for hires because you're at least going to find someone at some point, even if they don't last long. So, well, you don't. That's the thing. Like you you put people out there to like you 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 uh, accept applications. And then I think what they are doing was just not hiring anybody because well, if you're accepting the applications. That means you're getting applications, which means there's people who want the job. So that in itself goes against the narrative that uh, nobody wants to work. Yeah, but I doubt that the narrative, uh, the the authors of that narrative are really digging into anything like that. You know, they're not like, mm, show me the receipts. They're like, oh, this is what the businesses are saying. So that's what's happening. People will try to take advantage of anything. I mm-hmm. know that that exists on any and all sides. I surely tried to take advantage of unemployment when I had it. It's human nature. It's how we survived. I liked getting an extra. It was it wasn't the full unemployment because I was laid off. I got the full unemployment for a few weeks, which at that point was four hundred dollars a week. I think it's now five hundred and five dollars or something. Wow. A week in New York. Yeah. Oh, wow. They changed that during covid to more. Yeah, to five oh five. People got more because then the federal government was throwing in (laughs) money during that time. And it got to the point where it was more money than a lot of people were probably making working. Sure. So that's part of the reason people reassessed. Like, hey, what the fuck? I don't get paid that much at all. The government's giving me more than I would make. But right. when it I must was be worth that much. When I was quote unemployed, there is if you're working contract, you need to deduct days. So I forget the exact rules with unemployment, but if you work one day out of the week, you don't get unemployment for that day. So the amount they would pay you would go down some. But you oh, could okay. still get unemployment. Yeah. So you were still trying to get like a little bit? I knew that I was on the fence because I was right. being hired freelance to do work. But they hired me as a W-2. Okay. Which is kind of shitty when it comes to classification well, of workers anyway. And how because, is that freelance if you have a W-2? Exactly. I had no guarantee for work. They would just book me like, hey, we just need you for four days next week. We just need you for two days this week. I'm like, okay. But the way I was being paid was through W-2. And they, they could have at some point said, we don't need you ever again. So the W-2 classification disqualified me from being a freelance contract worker. Right. Even though that is what I was doing. But I still claimed that I was freelance and the days I didn't work, I would still claim unemployment. I see. And I was thinking, and I do think this across the board, and I was like, the people are fucking lazy, nobody. I don't trust anyone to do their job well these days. <laughs> uh, what is a professional? It is hard for me to trust anyone in any kind of position. And I don't know. I, I don't even necessarily think that's the sign of the times, I think it was maybe always like that. And just as I got older and became an adult myself, I realized that other adults are trash. Okay. I was like, oh, and now, come on, adults, and when you're a kid, they are these beings that uh, are responsible, not all of them, obviously. And if you grow up in a household with some adults, parents that aren't responsible, then maybe it shades your, your view. But in my mind, adults were to be trusted, and they were going to do the right thing and get the job done. And as time went on, I'm like, what the fuck? Nobody gives a shit. Everyone's <laughs> just trying to get theirs and get through the day and get to the next day. Uh, so 
thinking like this about unemployment. I was like, oh, whatever, these people are, no, they don't fucking care. Then I get a letter and <laughs> it says, we have reports that you're being paid. And they knew I was W-2. They had all the information. And uh, I had to pay them back like $2,300. Oh, I remember that. That's where that came from. Yeah. I remember you. <laughs> that sucks. I still wrote 2300 bucks. I still wrote a long letter and I said, this is bullshit. The classification yeah. is trash. I am freelance. I mean, I didn't curse. But I'm, I'm also making a point to people who don't care. They're not the ones who set right. the laws or uh, require companies to bring people mm. on in any certain manner. They're just like, I, well, look, we have one thing in front of us. and Right. They not- just have the information. They're not like oh, I better move this up the ladder because this guy's got a point. (laughs) You may not like the rules, but we don't make the rules, so we don't care. Yeah, and then if you want to change the rules, go ahead. And you say, well, all right, well, what's the process for that? And like, I don't know. I just got a response that said denied. And I had to. (gasps) Was it a big red stamp on the letter that you wrote? (laughs) Had like a coffee cup stain on it? Just to keep you excited, I'll say yes. Okay, thank you. That's exactly what it was. Yes. It was rubber stamp that had been used so many times it was kind of worn out so yeah you know the i and the second d mm-hmm. weren't even fully mm-hmm. stamped and um you could tell that the person who stamped it was smoking a cigar when they did it yes yeah i knew it it, it smelled and there it. was ash yeah good night that's so what that, the guy said <laughs> so there you go Let's lazy bum tonight. Fantasy achieved. <laughs> but you bring Susan, up- bring me more human flesh. <laughs> you bring up the generational thing. I don't. Th- I don't play in that. We've already established this on the show. I don't play what? in that arena. The generational thing. I think across the board that everyone is a fucking idiot and everyone's fucking lazy. I think everyone is everything. And I'm not just assigning those attributes truth. to Gen Z or millennials, though. Absolutely millennials do not. suck. Millennials blow. I'm a millennial. I hate the people in our generation. I don't. I don't hate any generation. You should. I do have a little bit of a disdain for the the typical boomer mindset, but <laughs> I would not. Which is? Which is, you know, new things are scary and wrong. Is that the typical yeah. boomer mindset or yes. is it just the typical as you age mindset? Well, they're se- Okay, so I saw one thing about lead poisoning and I thought it was interesting. I have no information on whether it's true or not, but because lead, you know, was uh, not seen as a danger until like the 70s when they started uh, weaning it out of like gasoline and toys and shit. Paint. And paint. Yeah, it was yeah. the paint on the toys. Right. Okay. So, and even like in, yeah, anyway, so there's, there's some some theories about, um, long-term lead exposure and how it can, uh, affect the brain and its experience of the world. And some of the, uh, aspects of that seem to be a little bit tied to the silent generation and boomers and their behavior. I mean, there's still lead around. You live in an old house, there's lead paint under the other paint. Yeah, but that's, it's not, you're not being exposed to it. I remember my sister 
And this was probably like I said in the gasoline and like in things like that, that it was, you know, and kids put toys in their mouths. Yeah. Well, I remember my sister and this was probably long after leaded paint was used. They were painting her room and I don't know how old she was, two, two and a half. Uh huh. Took an eye off of her for a second and she had licked the paintbrush and there was paint all over her tongue. (laughs) I remember my mom freaking out, thinking it was maybe leaded paint. Uh-huh. I guess it would be on the can if it was leaded. You can't really do research on the internet that day and age. So you just had to look right. at the can and say, oh, I guess there's no lead here. Is there an ingredient list in paint? I feel like the ingredient list would be like paint. By that point, I think the regulations were in place. That I'm sure. I, I don't even know if there what was What year was still, this? I don't even know if there was still leaded paint. It was 80 something. Then no, it's definitely not in the paint. Unless they that paint is ten years old, could have been. You think so? <laughs> no, could have been. Think, I know. I think uh, my dad <laughs> went to the Sherwin Williams. Yeah, and picked up some paint. Always likes painting that guy. Still painting yeah? to this day. Painting old family friends' houses. I told you you can't uh, deal with retirement. He doesn't. He doesn't know what to do. I was down in Atlanta two weeks ago at this point. And he went outside and mowed the lawn in 100-degree weather. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Was he okay doing it? Or was he... He was fine. Because I was out... I just... I went to the car wash, and then I was getting stuff off of my hood. Because I, sometimes I park under this tree, and, like, the birds poop on it or something. And then it, like... I don't know. It turns into, like, a stain on my car. So I was getting it off. I was sweating, and I was so hot. I felt dizzy. I was like, I'm going to go do... I'm going to do this at 7 p.m. Instead of right now. So I was thinking about your dad. I know doing things in the heat is not a good thing and he shouldn't be mowing the lawn. I even said, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. How old is he? He just turned 63. Okay. So he's a young man. <laughs> but he, 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 when his body starts to break down, I think he's going to get very depressed. Well, maybe it won't break down as quickly because he is so active. Because he goes out and mows the lawn in 100 degree weather. I have uh, this yard here at my apartment, like a little courtyard area, mm-hmm. and a few months ago, the grass area was total dirt, and I've regrown the grass, but <gasps> nice. there's still there's still some ivy that needs to be ripped up, and the flower bed is kind of messy, and, and I tried to lure my parents up. They they used to come up, especially my mom and yeah, Kristen. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and your sister. And I understand that Kristen has four kids now, and it's difficult for her to come up, but they used to visit. My dad would come a few times, but now it's been... I don't know, seven years since they have been wow. here. They never even went to my last apartment. They haven't seen the apartment I lived in for five years. And so I'm talking to them. And my dad, for a year now, has been saying, we need to come up. It's been too long. I'm going to come up and visit. And I'm talking about this yard. And then suddenly he's really motivated to come up. He wants to come up to New York <laughs> to do landscaping and garden Oh, that's work. so sweet. <laughs> sure, it's sweet, but it's also strange. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to come up because there's something for me to do and fix. What's he really trying to fix? Wow. I knew you were going to say that. Wow. You're so predictable. <laughs> wow. So deep. See, people like him, that's why the older generation says we worked hard. <laughs> you don't know what hard work is. And maybe yeah. I don't. And I shouldn't have to. That's the beauty of it. Not knowing what hard work is is not a bad thing. Right. It's uh, what you would hope for 
your next generation is to like not have to work as hard. But then you look at them and you think that they're lazy and it's like, you guys don't know anything. It's like, well, you set this world up for me. So I don't know what you want from me. Am I supposed to be like, you know, afraid of of not having food and I have to grow my own vegetables or, or my own whatever so that I don't starve this winter? Is that what you want? Well, people set up the world and then they didn't let go. They didn't turn the world over. That right. is that's a real thing. And it's, you know, generational by default. Again, it's that thing where it's like the next generation is stupid and wrong, so we can't hand it over. Well, in the past, the generation that followed usually had a better life than the previous generation, but it is a, a real thing where it's like, yeah, for the first time, the generation may not be better off than their parents were. Mm-hmm. That's true. And there was a lot of setting things up. And this, I, I, I see, I don't want to attribute this to boomers. It just so happens to be they're the people. If it happened with our generation, our generation would have done the same thing. You give anyone some kind of power, they're going to abuse it. But it's, what I think, I'm sorry, but what I think our generation might do instead is say, you know, you got a point, <laughs> you know? No, I, just, okay, they would give you the lip service and then they would pretend to care and they would post online and say, yes, things are unfair because this whole equity equality thing, uh, that is a bunch of bullshit. People, I think, believe it and want it, but they don't actually want to do the things. Hmm. Uh, meaning if you're in a spot to actually help someone get to the same level as you, but it requires you to give something up, who the fuck's doing that? Not many people are doing that. So at that point, it just becomes a show. And then they make up for it and they overcompensate by because true equity and equality is everyone just getting the same treatment. And you're not thinking uh, with a different set of criteria and factors right. because someone has a different skin color or sexual orientation you're just like, hey, you suck. You're not good enough for the job. I'm not hiring you. Right. I didn't think about the fact that, uh, you know, you're white or black or Asian. That didn't cross my mind. Uh, but you're being treated equally because I've let a bunch of other people know that they suck and aren't qualified for the job, too. Mm. But instead, people overcompensate and talk about how, uh, you know, that the privilege needs to go. Everyone should have the privilege. That's that's the level you want to get to instead of punishing people for having privilege analyzing it and saying all right this exists and therefore that creates an inequality that's a fair thing and you can mm -hmm. start to figure that out but it's like these these people who say that they the, the things they want and they put on a big show and they persecute other people and go after them like look at me see i'm doing what i need to do it's like oh but you know what would have been easier for you to step aside and give your job to someone else who's maybe the more deserving of it uh and it has a different skin color no 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 i'm not gonna do that well again i'm not that's i think you're i'm not trying to say that uh the millennial generation is better you know they're still gonna do stupid things and mess things up just like every generation so i don't think it's fair to say they're still anyone gets something that's what i was saying like everybody sucks anyone gets a taste ways. of power they're gonna run with it it's just the way they present that power that's different they're like, hell, oh, I'm kind of embarrassed that I have the power. Not really, but amongst their peers, it's what they have to say. So they say different things, whereas the well, generation before was all about hard work. And this is this what I need to do. And look, I work so hard and I earn these millions of dollars. 
uh, getting to be the CEO who who has an outsized salary compared to everyone else. I earned this, and then now you say, "Well, I I did, you know, yes, I'm I'm here, but I'm give other of, people the chance, I'm, the I'm opportunity to earn that by it." Uh, but I should stay here because I'm the only one who can do good things in this spot because uh, I understand and get it. No, leave, step aside, give up the money, give up the power. No, I will never do that. Because hmm. nobody ever will. It's just human nature. It's the same thing uh, with unions and corporations. And look, if, if we're looking at it on paper, I'm like, union, yes, I think people should get paid a fair wage. They should get paid well for what they do, especially when it's skilled work and fuck corporations and uh, their endless profits. <laughs> but when unions get power and they get the upper hand, oh yeah, then they abuse it and then it becomes, well, that's a job for five people. No, 12 people will be hired <laughs> for the job. Why? What? See, then you fucking tax the system and you strain it and then nothing gets done. You look at the MTA here, which is the governing body of the subway. It's it's it, it, it used to run. It's not a for-profit company. It's not a non-profit. It's a not-for-profit. Profit. It's a service. And it used to run at no deficit. And then it began with the stupid government fucking it over by, oh, yeah. the ski resorts in upstate New York are having an off-season. Take money from the MTA's budget and give it to them. And then they eventually forced them. Who did them, that? I forget. Uh, it was a governor at the time, but yeah. uh, there's a series of articles that was in the New York Times maybe 10 years ago at this point, but it was very interesting. And then they started forcing the MTA to take out debt. Like, we're not going to fund you as much. Just take out the debt now. And it was kicking the can down the road because one day that debt would come due. And that's where we have been over the past decade. It's like, oh, that debt's due with a shitload of interest. And <laughs> now you can't pay it off. Uh, but the politicians at the time got to protect their jobs and get reelected. And look at me, right. I'm slashing budgets. And look how and, successful we all are. See all this success? Yes, because in their mind, it's like uh, when this comes, uh, the, yeah. the chicken comes home to roost. Like, <laughs> I, I won't be around. I'll be done. I've gotten mine. And that's what happened. So, you know, at the same time, then the MTA uh, unions, it's like they want to expand the subway line, one of them, uh, they've been talking about doing it for decades. To build three stations costs some ungodly amount of money. And then, look, I know it's a big undertaking, yeah. but whatever budgets are set, you may as well just triple or quadruple them because they're going to go over. And you look at the amount of money, no wonder nothing gets done because there's really no money to do it because you've set these ungodly standards bringing in hundreds of people to do a job that maybe needs 100 people that's an arbitrary statement in terms of the numbers i don't know what the job takes but that is clearly happening you look at shanghai and sure those people were probably treated like shit and it was slave labor but they built a whole subway system in like five years a very extensive <laughs> subway system i'm not saying you need to go that extreme but and there's middle ground where people can be paid well to do a job and it can also be done in a timely manner without bankrupting a state and a city. <laughs> I agree. It's wild what happens. I mean, you're saying that phrase, right, that absolute power corrupts absolutely. You can't get away from it. It's just if you have a lot of power, it's going to get abused. 
And anyone who's in the position is going to abuse it. This idea, oh, well, if I could just get to the power, things would be different. No, no, no. No, it won't be. You're not above it. Maybe well, there's, I, there's, I, there's a few people here and there, but it's not enough to uh, tip any scales. There were a bunch of interviews with Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was the governor. And he said, like, he really went in there with the best of intentions. And of course he would say that, you know. But I just thought what he said was interesting when um, he said that he was presented with problems and he was like, oh, I can see the solution. The solution is to, you know, you know, like I think it was a drought issue. And he said the issue that the the fix was pretty simple. But once he started making moves toward that easy and like logical fix, then some like farmer lobbyists came to him and told him, like, you can't do that because we've promised this, this and that to these farmers and but but and he said it was just so difficult to get anything simple done that it really made him pretty annoyed and didn't want to do it anymore. If you were going to do it properly, you'd make the hard decisions. And when you make hard decisions, a lot of people aren't going to be happy. Right. That's just the way it goes in anything, government, business, like even in the workplace, we had a bunch of layoffs in January. Uh, those were going to happen anyway because you know the economy was slower and profits were down. But uh, with the merger that happened and two companies coming together, uh, there was a bunch of clashing, uh, especially in my department. And there were people from my company and the people from the other side and Nobody was making any decisions. And when you make those decisions, somebody is going to uh, have to concede. They're going to have to mm. give something up that they like. They're not going to be happy. But you got to get things back on track. Instead, they just let this thing flounder for a year. And then, you know, half the people were laid off in the layoffs. And maybe that would have happened anyway. But I think when you're looking at things and assessing who's going to go like this department's in disarray right now. How come? <laughs> so somebody above eventually right. makes the decision when if you had just had the balls to make the decision in the first place and maybe, you know, again, maybe they weren't empowered to do it. I don't know the full story, but um, making decisions, I think if you're going to get in government is an important thing, but when you piss off half the people, you won't be reelected. So right. I got it. And you have to get reelected because maybe you really do want to try and do good things. So no, if a, you cared about doing good things, you would go do your term, do the good things and then say, you know, I'm not going to be reelected, but I did what I could. And I made some, some changes and I feel good about that. Yeah. Apparently in France, there are politicians that like, if the public doesn't like them, then they'll just step down. They're like, if you don't like me, that's fine. I'm leaving. I don't know what that's born out of. It sounds like a nice thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's good or bad, you know, because maybe, you know, the public doesn't know really what's going on. Handing over but, power is a nice thing. It's like, look, I, you don't like me. Fuck you. I don't give a yeah. shit about the power. To me, that's a that's isn't the that very French way of thinking, too. It's the biggest <laughs> fuck you can give to people. It's like, I hate you so much. Look, here's the I don't care. Take the power. Mm, take it. Fuck you. That would be a nice thing to do. But no, we've got these loser scumbags. You saying that, you know. Arnold getting into office, I believe that he really wanted to do good, but also he'd already been successful. He already had fame. He already had money. Right. So, it's so there easy. were no stakes. It's yeah. easy at that point to be like, well, I really just want to go in here and do good because nothing, uh, my career, nothing, you know, in regards to my career is on the line. 
Right. You could make the argument if he's a bad politician, it ruins his movie career and he stops acting. But at that point, he's already established and set. But even as a celebrity, you can kind of get away with stuff like that because he had if, if he had political scandal and his his like personal scandal with that like maid or whatever he had a child with like all right you already had no he never did that yes he did no how dare you be smirch yes he did he would have never cheated and had a child with a maid oh are you joking i actually don't know about it oh it's true when did this happen who was the <clears throat> maid who was he married to at the time uh, wasn't he married to like fucking what's her face from twins in the movie Twins, the one that he has sex with in Twins, Arnold, child, maid. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, Maria Shriver. Thank you. That's who. Oh, this is all new. I mean, I know it's not new news, but uh, a docu series came out in June on Netflix. I watched it. Is that where you learned about this? No, this is just news that I remember from a million years ago. How dare he? I thought he was a good guy. I thought he was a Terminator, a robot, didn't need to have sex, was above those things. That's right. Take yeah. off your clothes. Apparently not. That's a shame. Yeah. I think, though, if he's only had one kid with one person and cheated once, it's a good job. There's a lot thrown at For him. someone with a lot of power. There's <laughs> you know? And he's like, I'm coming in the gym all the time. It's like, I'm coming all the time. That's the funny thing, that there is this whole movement. It's like people abuse their power. No shit they do. Right. It's like, and, uh, you know, all these men who are in positions of power and get women to do things because it could affect their careers. Yeah, that's a real thing, and that's a fucked up thing. And putting an end to that is important. But, you know, there's still other abuses of power. And when these people talk about how we need to rid the dynamic and the imbalance, it's like they would jump at the same opportunity. Now, I'm not saying to, you know, sexually assault someone, but to be in that position. <laughs> you're not, of you're not power, saying that. No, I'm not okay. saying that. Well, I don't look, if you were to ask me in a vacuum, if, if you told people there's no repercussions that a lot of people would sexually assault others. So yes, I, I do believe that <laughs> too. I, I I don't buy for a minute that uh, there'd be plenty of people who wouldn't like it wouldn't right. it wouldn't be like ninety eight percent would and I wouldn't do it two percent wouldn't but I, I I never have a need or a an urge to sexually assault I still think it would be a large percentage like thirty or twenty five percent of the people would if you told them they maybe could. If I was drunk <laughs> I, I think um yeah being drunk and sexual assaults would probably skyrocket if they were, if you knew there were no consequences and again it may just be 25 percent, but that's still a large percentage and then if you think i mean that is the existence of mega celebrities who are single and you know they have so much it's so easy for them first of all to for for people to i'm thinking of a male celebrity and women sort of throwing themselves at them and then when you set your sights on someone and they're not really responding the, the the way that you expect because you have had it thrown at you so much, you've built up this like idea of yourself that, you know, you think, well, I can push a lot further 
than a normal civilian could. I think it's fucked up thinking. It is fucked up thinking. But again, it's just like the power thing. It's the same thing as the power thing where it's like, well, you know, I may not be doing the right thing here, but I if I give up power, then I'm going to lose my my position here and I don't want to. I feel like a normal person would say, all right, you're not interested in me. There are a bunch of women throwing themselves at me. I'll go find someone else. Right. But I'm me and I want you. So what shouldn't you be so flattered and impressed that I'm seeking out you and you're not throwing it at me and yeah, I have to, a, you know, it becomes a totally different thing. It is ego yeah. and power at that point. Like you tell me no, nobody tells me no. I'm right. James and I don't Franco. think that they would even <laughs> <laughs> is that guy that guy back yet. I feel like he's just been in hiding, waiting it out. <sighs> yeah. I mean, well, then that Amber Heard like shit came out and I feel like he probably was. Oh, God, keep my name out of here. What was it? I don't I didn't. Well, because he was he like uh, was sleeping with Amber Heard while she was still with Johnny. Oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah. It doesn't. It really didn't matter. I just meant like he's trying to lay low and, you know, his name was being brought up. There are plenty of like celebrity sex pests. <laughs> that guy from that 70s show. I had no clue. Me either. What I... is his deal? He was like drugging people. I, I, the fuck? Again, I didn't read. I One, I had no clue any of this was happening. Until I don't even I saw, remember him. Until I saw the sentencing of 30 years to life, right? Man, that's, that's bullshit, too, because, you know, pardon me, but child rapists get less years in prison than that. People who beat up their wives or girlfriends or, you know, partners get less than that. So what, are you so making a understand. case that he shouldn't be in jail for 30 years? Or no, life? I'm saying that everybody, like... You're sentencing him for that much? Like, why don't you sentence people, other people, that much? I don't understand the the willy-nilly sentencing laws. Whatever it was. Like, he raped people. Damn. But and he drugged was, them. And see, I didn't get into that. I Sure. I If he drugged or not, it's still... Well, obviously. He was like, Scientology was protecting him and, and oh, yeah. maybe even encouraging. I, I don't... Fuck. But I had no clue. Are they going to take that show out of syndication now, I guess? I would be pissed if I was one of the other <gasps> cast members. Like, thanks. Oh, my God. Thanks, asshole. I was getting residuals, and now this show will never be shown again because you. Well, okay. Who is unsuccessful from that show? You know what I mean? Who, who is relying on that syndication? Fez. Yeah, he's he's not doing much. He's also a sex pest. Is he? Yeah, I've heard that he's also like like kind of a, maybe not a sex pest. <laughs> I've heard that he's like a dick. Fez. Mm-hmm. Not that I even cared about that show. I, I know. Remember. I never watched it. Well, I don't, who else? Second. I mean, the redhead, she didn't do anything. No, didn't she? Wasn't she on Orange is the New Black? Oh, yeah, she was. And then um, Mila Kunis is fucking skyrocketed. And then... Um, well, she and the cooch. Yeah. And then uh, the other guy. The guys who? whose basement they hung out in. Oh. Red Sun. I don't know who he is. He was a uh, Topher or something. Right. But I don't know who he is. Does he do anything? He was Venom in Spider-Man 3. Oh, he, oh, all right. Well, then he's good. Well, I mean, that was, <laughs> it was a long time ago. Oh, that was an old Spider-Man? Yeah, that was the one with uh, Tobey Maguire. Okay. <clears throat> so look, they, those people, they were getting some kind of residuals and- mm-hmm. That's out. That's out now. Maybe that AG show will have to make a comeback. <laughs> What's his name from? It's always sunny. Was in that AD show. He was. Who? The guy. 
Which one? Their names are slipping my mind. Not Mac, not Charlie. Oh, okay. Who's the other one? The skinniest one? one? Who's the, what's his name? I don't know. Think of the smell. You haven't thought of the smell, you bitch. (laughs) Dennis. Dennis. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't remember. The smell. Dennis was in that 80s show. (laughs) Poor Dennis. Can I say, Dennis... Have you seen him lately? He is, well, even on like the new seasons, he is too thin. Glenn he Howerton. Looks, he's like sick. Something's wrong. <laughs> Maybe something is wrong. So many people Honestly, hide their, hide their, let's hope not. But I know. hope not too. Either it's that or an eating disorder because he really is so thin. And then sometimes I, I see clips from his, the podcast that they do all together. And he'll talk about like what he's eaten. And it's like nothing. I'm like, dude, something's wrong. That show has been on for a long time. <laughs> Forever. Like it's they, still so good. They really did age before our eyes. When did it start? It was on before I moved to New York. I moved to New York end of 2007. Are they on 16, 17 years at this point? Yeah. Is that math? Then yeah. Number of seasons. I like that show. I just don't watch it. It's 16. They've done 16 seasons. Yeah, I'll do like um, I'll put it on and watch a couple episodes in a row, kind of thing. And I think, man, this show's great. I do the same thing with South Park. It's like I don't watch it for sometimes years. <laughs> I go back and watch. So I'm like, damn, this show's amazing. I've never gotten into South Park. I don't know. I don't know if it was all the hype from the start. Because like, we were in high school when that came out, mm-hmm. and we were right there in the wheelhouse. Oh, I loved it at first because it was so weird and like. Um, you know, gross and shocking. And then instead of it just continuing to be that, it evolved into s- something so smart. Such social commentary. Well, it, 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 but they do such a good job. Biting satire. Look, I know, and especially the way they turn it. Have you seen the documentary on how quickly they turn it around? Yeah, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Why do you want them to shut up? Because well, there's still people quoting that doc or referencing that documentary. Do you, do you, they turn it around. Have you ever seen that documentary where it shows what they do to turn a show around so quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's Look, it is. There's a reason that people reference it. It is a lot of work and to maintain a quality and level of work under that kind of timeline is, is something to marvel at. It is Have insane. you seen their... Th- their thing about uh, Casa Bonita? No, I haven't seen anything. So there's an episode where they go to this place called Casa Bonita, and it's this uh, Mexican restaurant, but it has like cliff divers and like a I don't I don't remember, but just like really stereotypical fun Mexican like you know like a nacho chip hat you know or something you know. And it was Cartman's favorite place. And he went to these great lengths to be able to go and, you know, screwing over his friends and all that. But, you know, Casa Bonita ended up being this very important sort of marker in South Park timeline history. And so I think there is a real there is a real place called Casa Bonita, but it was in disrepair. And so Matt and Trey bought it and just like put so, you know, they've got so much money so they were able to just like throw money at this project and like made it just like they had it in the episode which is cool 
It's really cool. Where? It's just so strange. I mean, I love their Where does attitude. it exist? Gosh, I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. Casa Bonita. It requires a lot of work. I'm too lazy. And not to say that I could have ever achieved that level of success, even if I weren't lazy. But uh, they, Oh, it's, some, duh, it's in Denver. So much work goes into it. Like, I mean, talking about my dad earlier, it requires that kind of work ethic to do, to do something like they do. I'd prefer to just lay on the couch. Like, ah, I don't know. I don't feel like doing anything. It's fine. Cliffside diving. You know what lost me with them? What? Uh, that the talking piece of poop. I thought it was dumb. I wasn't. I wasn't grossed out by it. I think I was kind of into South Park. At one point, I did have a, a sticker. I liked Kyle for whatever reason because I felt like nobody else did. And so, what? Kyle's great. Well, when you're in high school, it's like the oh, everybody loves Cartman. Yeah, and so uh, I bought a sticker from the Gadzooks. <laughs> Gadzooks. So Holy there shit. was a point that I did like it. I still didn't watch it. Make sure, like I didn't feel like I had to watch every week. But when that talking piece of poop came, I was like, well, this is Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poop. He loves me and I love you. And even that inflection in your voice that they all do, I don't. that annoys me. Hanky! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, obviously well, I'm wrong. Yeah. I, I, I guess there's no right or wrong, but I'm in the minority here. I know so many people love it. Uh, I think that, yeah, the way they speak, especially Cartman and how that inflection shows up and all the other characters that that person does and the talking piece of poop. I mean, it didn't gross me out or anything. I just thought even when I was younger, like, that's dumb. Well, that's still early, early days. I know. That's why it lost me early. Right. So if especially now their voices are a lot more relaxed, (laughs) you should check it out. It's really good. I watched the one that everybody was talking about with the Harry and the the woman, Markle. Oh, right. Is it okay? That was a good one. I watch it. It was okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's okay. That one's okay. Well, everyone's like, oh, I tore them a new asshole. Well, yeah. everyone. Are you talking about Eric who, like, <laughs> finds things a billion years too late and then talks about them nonstop? It's <laughs> uh, like, sure, it, and I can I could see them being annoyed by it, Harry and Markle. Oh, speaking of, I watched uh, the whale. Well, I didn't watch it. I tried to start. I started watching it, and Eric was saying like he watched it and he was crying at the end and stuff. I I did not. You just enjoy said you it. tried to watch it. Yeah, I I didn't finish it. I got like a quarter of the way through, and I was like, this is. Made you too uncomfortable. Melodramatic and not, I didn't like the acting. Well, maybe the acting's fine. I didn't like the. I think the daughter's acting was a little over the top. Yeah. I hate you. I know. <laughs> and then the way um, he was, he, the way that he was portrayed is like, well, I'm just trying my best. And, like, I just want to get to know you more. And I know I messed up before, but now I'm fine. It's like. I bought into his performance more. I also, for whatever reason, I'm forgiving. It's like. I I watched the movie. I did cry at the movie. But while I was watching the movie, I also thought this daughter is like, this is too over the top. The way she yeah. <gasps> comes in with a huff and slams things down. It's like, yeah. so you watched, you know, uh, people acting as angsty teenage daughters. and Well, even the girl that comes in at the beginning, the friend who's like, let's kill this partner. It's like, <laughs> but, okay. but it's, it doesn't. Those things, I guess, when I'm watching the movie, it's like some people see that 
and like I'm done, I'm finished with this. It's like okay, that exists. That's the way that's yeah. going. But I'm still able to watch the the movie. And I just I I don't uh it felt heavy handed, you know. I just didn't I can, think I can it, I can yeah. see that. And I've been like I said I've been watching my 600 pound life, so I'm very familiar with the behavior <laughs> of these uh people and that did not so far. At least what I saw so far did like not match up. Well, there you go. You have a couple reasons you don't like it. Yeah. And you can't get into it. I tried. I was changed. I switched over to Victor Victoria instead. I was trying to watch something I'd never seen before, you know, because I'm always just like rewatching the same shit. You need to expand your horizons. That's what's a problem with yeah. you. You're too narrow. Oh, I'm so narrow. I'm very open in many other ways, but when it comes to like Seemingly what I not. consume. You hate Taxi Driver, but you love Joker. I loved Joker. But you that's that's an unpopular opinion. <laughs> so many people hated Joker. And the, the the reasons, you know, they'd stole from the Scorsese films. Yes. Uh yeah. the incel thing. Well, I don't My I, whole feeling on Joker was it's fucking Joker. It's it look if it were a movie not based on Joker from the comic books. Uh-huh. Then some of the arguments against it and, and the, meaning this is going to stir up the incels and there's going to be violence. And it's like <laughs> Fuck, come on. No, that's, that's just a political like talking point. Yeah, like. I wouldn't buy into that necessarily anyway. But if it were just a weird movie where a guy loses his mind and starts dressing up as a clown and, and you know, incites violence, then I could buy into that part a little bit more. But it's like everyone just seemed to forget that it was a fucking comic book movie. It was Joker. So, <laughs> so viewing it through that lens, the amount of discussion and dissection it's like Isaac like, you're going way over the fucking top with this it is about do you mean in their criticism of it just in general with it oh. I, I don't I mean a lot of it was criticism and the way people never even gave it a chance because of what it represented in the current climate oh, of society I mean, oh, that's stupid I was like it's fucking the joker and it's that, a movie but Chill. but it wasn't like somebody made a film about a loser guy <laughs> that had no comic book lore, decades of it behind him, uh -huh. uh, who decided that he needed to kill society so people could know and glorify it in the process. That's the Joker, the comic book character. That's I just what it didn't, was. I, with Taxi Driver, I just didn't identify with anyone. And if I did, they weren't really a part of the movie. Like maybe his friends that he like maybe the guy that like thought he was a weirdo. That was his like other taxi driver friend that he would meet at the diner sometimes. Like I just were following this guy around. I was like, what the fuck? I don't really. I mean, he seemed sweet. I, I enjoyed his his the the sort of weird balance between his. Uh, like pent up aggression and weirdness, but he was also kind of like sweet in a way. Like he seemed to care about the people he hated in a way, but I just didn't, I, I didn't, I was like, whatever. I don't get it. <laughs> I related to him. This whole opening speech about the rain washing away the filth. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I, I don't have way. that. That's what I'm I saying. Feel I feel way. like it's a dude movie. It's like, hey guys, hey men. <laughs> You guys feel this way and you feel like you can't express it. Here's a character for you. I do. Most people feel that way. I don't know if they feel that way. Whether or not you I like don't. the movie. I think at the end, 
there's always been that debate about whether or not it was a fantasy, like, you know, the the articles praising him and him being a hero. Was that what he thought was going to happen? Or is that what really happened? Well, I used to, what he thought. I used to really like the idea that it's what he thought would happen. Uh Uh, I like the idea of, you know, this psycho turning into a hero. Um, But the, the writer and even Scorsese, I think at some point I saw this once, but I know, Paul Schrader, the guy who wrote it, did say that uh, it was reality. It wasn't a fantasy. Oh. And he liked the idea of it actually, ha- like me saying a psycho turning into a, a hero, but like he liked the idea of our society really doing that. Like this guy is absolutely insane, but he's a hero. And then uh, mm. then the man who was a psycho becomes like an idol in the city and amongst the society he hated. And I thought that was kind of cool because how would uh, Travis Bickle reconcile that within himself? Because he hated everyone. Mm-hmm. Now suddenly everyone loves him because he killed some people, a pimp. And now he's this hero because he saved this young woman. Well, I mean, I that's, a, he... that's a real thing. Uh, I remember uh, there's a story that Adam Carolla has told where his friend, a friend of his that was like a real degenerate, you know, like not a good guy. He outside of his window, he heard some commotion like in the bushes or something. And he came out and this girl was being sexually assaulted by this guy. And so he like beat up the guy and saved this woman's life. And he got like the key to the city. But everybody that knew him was like, this fucking loser is getting praised. (laughs) (laughs) So those are interesting things to explore. And somebody who claims that they hate everyone in society. And then when society loves you. Do you drop those feelings immediately? Probably. Because I feel like those people, if, if they just felt accepted, would probably drop their feelings. But, you know, you get to a spot where you kind of do it to yourself, too. And you dig in, you isolate, you compound the problem. Yes. And then you're like, fuck everyone. That's not why I hate everyone, by the way. I just watch the way they act. And I do think they're idiots. And if they decided to praise me, I'd be very annoyed at their praise. And I'm like, how dare you? Don't fucking praise me. Don't even look at me. I want nothing to do with you. I don't want to be a part of your club. <laughs> your club of coolness. <laughs> club of coolness. Well, it's you know, the, usually the division is that person's a loser, and oh, the rest okay. Of and now you're cool, not a loser, so you're and they want to, cool. yeah. It's like no, I want to be a loser still. I put coolness in quotes. It's not really cool. No, I know what you mean. I've never felt, oh, nobody understands me and I'm just an outcast. I've never felt that. I just see all in See, I don't think that people is. would drop, I don't think that people would just drop those feelings. I'm thinking about high school and how there were like the quote, like you said, cool and then other. And if for some reason all the cool people <clears throat> were praising me or like I won them over in some weird way, I wouldn't then think, well, I'm a part of them. It would just be like, oh, I'm accepted by them. And I would still just be myself. I feel as though in high school, especially when you're more susceptible to all this, that I mean, I guess it depends if you're in a group and that group has an identity like the goths or something, <laughs> the right. skaters. It's like, you know, are you going to abandon your friends? Probably not. Some people would. I, I guess, it, you know. Yeah. Case by case. If you're thing. just wearing that goth or skater co- like as a costume because it's not really you, then yeah, I guess so. But but if you're an actual for me, loner, personally, yeah, I was I wasn't a loner, but I just had just like I do now, like a small little group, and then everybody else either knew me or didn't, 
and it didn't matter to me. But what I'm I'm thinking about is if you're an actual loner, you don't have friends, and you've yeah. turned on everyone because you don't have friends, and you isolate, uh, and then suddenly you're accepted. I think that people like they'll take it. Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to say. I feel like in high school, especially, most people probably, <laughs> yeah. if they, yes, yes, I'm accepted now. And then maybe they drop all the negative thoughts and feelings they had. But maybe. But I would, if I, I think of myself in that situation, I like to think I pretend to be excited about it. And I, then I would operate as a mole from the inside and try to take each <laughs> and every one of them down. With some revenge for being mean for all the prior years. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. But who knows? You know, it's just a. Uh, a mole just a fantasy we never officially <laughs> what would you find out <laughs> like well i wouldn't be so and so gave head to so and so at so and so's basement party sure, you can take okay. people down with that in high school she's a slut it was like the time i wrote that lost and found article when the internet was coming uh growing out of its infancy and, mm -hmm. and becoming a teenager and at school a couple people started like a gossip website <laughs> and uh, I had my article, The Greg Gatsby, which makes no oh! sense. It makes no sense. It's yeah, stupid. it sounds great. It, it does sound good, but it doesn't make sense because Gatsby was the guy and he was great. It's like, what's the Greg right. Gatsby? Greg Gatsby. It's like, <laughs> if, if Gatsby was like, oh, a storyteller and they're like, the great right. storyteller. And then I just turned it into the Greg. Sure, that would work. But it's like it made no it made <laughs> dumb. But, it's just uh, the sound of it sounds good. But people would write, like, seriously, they would write things about other people at school. And the way we got around it was we took their the first letter of their first name and put it as the first letter of their last name. And the first letter of the last name was the first letter of the first name. Now, if somebody so had be the same. All, sorry. So I'd be uh, Potum. It's. Yeah. We would just spell it like that. It would be harder to, yeah. to pr pronounce. Uh, if somebody oh, had yeah. the same letter, I don't know what would have happened, but I think you would just move on to an additional letter. And sure, you you'd figure it, it out. Cross that bridge so, when you come to it. So, like, I I wrote a whole I wrote an article called "Lost and Found." It was supposed to be a series, but this website got shut down. And uh, I wrote about this one guy losing his virginity to someone else on over spring break. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but I like I oh I, because he lost his virginity, but he found love. No, no, I. <laughs> Maybe you're getting a little too deep with it. I wrote it like a missing raincoat or something. It's like last scene. I was like, so-and-so has lost his virginity. It was last seen in Panama City Beach with so-and-so. Okay. Uh, and then I give a few more details. and Like, if found, please return for <laughs> small That's, reward. Okay. He didn't like it. He approached me. He's like, well, I wish it was more. Me? I wanted it to be more. Well... Too bad. Yeah. Sorry you didn't have your you writing down. bones yet. You didn't I'm have sorry. those bones. You had it you had it for your own personal weirdness, but not like It was a matter of fact, it, it wasn't poetry. It was the Okay. It was the I just wanted it to be classified. I wanted it to be deeper. Thing. It wasn't. This was newspaper okay. reporting. There was function to it. This wasn't art. And Did it get a lot of traction? You got a lot of play at school? Oh yeah. It didn't go well. I mean, people liked it and they thought it was amazing, but the guy didn't like it and it was pretty shitty with me. Jeremy didn't me. like it? It was, it was somebody I'd gone to school with for like this, throughout elementary school and he was much bigger oh, than me. Oh, you used him. Ass. He could have kicked my ass. Yeah. But he's, he said, why, why did you do this to me? Why would you do this? 
it wasn't like he even came in and threatened to beat me up. He was just hurt. And I, I maintained, I was like, I'm a journalist. I have to report the news. I apologize. It just, just had to be done. <laughs> it was shitty. I think it's, in, it's interesting to bring this up now. You weren't on the podcast the other day. But I was talking about on the podcast how when I was younger, we would do weird things. But quite often, I wouldn't want to hurt other people. And I do think that that's true. Like people would pick on like the weaker people are the less popular people. And I didn't really have any desire to do that. But I, this guy was a football player and, you know, not by being a football player, it doesn't make you a bad person. And he was popular. So obviously there was some lashing out at all of sure. that. And I drew some sort of distinction where it's like, no, he's allowed to be picked on. And I don't even know if he picked on other people. Just because he was in that group doesn't mean he did. And right. A lot of people do when they're in that group. But uh, I look back and it was a shitty thing. So I guess I was shitty just like every other kid. And every other. Well, you're a kid. What are you going to do? Every other human being. So. All right. Well, we never started the show. So I guess we just have to end the show. Okay. With the music. There was no official start. It's going to really throw people for a loop. It's going to make. I people, really loved this episode, though. It's going to make people uncomfortable. It's amazing how. It's amazing how good we are at just talking to each other. When I'm in the right mood. <laughs> that, that is very true. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much. Uh, love you. Hope you have a good week. Enjoy. Manja. Go out and do something cool and tell us about it. Bye. God, it's not uploading. Oh God! Oh, oh fuck! Turn this air. It's so goddamn hot. Oh my God! It's so fucking hot. It's not uploaded. <clears throat> uh, man. So, did you hear the beginning of the show when Eric wasn't on?